Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Bonafide Legal Podcast. I'm your host, Florence Brummer. Bonafide Legal Podcast is a podcast to help attorneys and business owners with time management and lifestyle tips. I'm a mother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for 20 years. Throughout my practice, I struggled day by day to find balance between work and life. I do not have the magic answer on how to balance life in the law and life outside the law, but over the years, I've developed tips for living my best life and enjoying my work and enjoying my time off. On this week's podcast, I'm going to talk about Mardi Gras and being away for a week and what that was like and maybe give some tips on what my work was like during that trip as well as um, just some tips for Mardi Gras for people who are thinking about going to it in the future. So this was one of my longest vacations actually in a very long time. A couple of years ago, I took a kind of a side-by-side vacation where I went to California with my kids for like two days, came back, repacked my suitcase, and went to Turks and Caicos for a wedding and was gone for like five or six days. So I was gone out of the office for about a week and a half. But usually I will do um, something along the lines of um, maybe three days gone. Um, A lot of trips to California, that sort of thing. But this week I wanted to go to Mardi Gras. And I had a uh, month of uh, February where I was booked solid in court. I had two jury trials, um, one that ended up ending in a mistrial and one that actually got vacated before it started. But when I planned this trip, my entire month of February was booked. And then the first month, the first week of March was Mardi Gras. And I always said I was never going to go to Mardi Gras. I'm a big fan of New Orleans. And I've been there many times for conferences. And I've always said, why go to Mardi Gras, you know, too much crowds, that sort of thing. But when I was looking at um, that month of February and how terrible it was, and then my schedule for the rest of March was equally terrible starting tomorrow. I'm recording this on Sunday and starting tomorrow, basically through the rest of March, the last three weeks, I have court every day, sometimes up to three hearings in a day. And, um, I, I even had hearings that were scheduled during my trip and I had to ask for continuances. It was just, um, it was a lot. I, I don't know why this spring is so busy. I know, um, I, I feel blessed because it means my marketing's working. It means that people feel I can help them. Um, so they're coming to me, but it's incredibly stressful. So let me get back to Mardi Gras. So Mardi Gras is always a Tuesday. It's Fat Tuesday. And I think for the most part, when um, people celebrate Mardi Gras, they're generally celebrating that weekend before. And I'm not a big drinker, um, but wanted to experience Mardi Gras, but not necessarily like party for a whole weekend. And you can, just as a tip, the Mardi Gras season starts about six weeks before actual Mardi Gras day and the actual day of Mardi Gras always changes depending on when Easter is and when Lent is, Ash Wednesday, all of that. Um, 
Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras is the day before Ash Wednesday every year. So it's rotating every year. Sometimes it can be in February, sometimes March. Um, I think that's basically it. I think your choices are going to be February or March. And so this year it was March 4th. And I flew out on that Monday, so the day before, on the 3rd. And we flew out on American. The thing about going to New Orleans from Phoenix is there is one direct flight a day on Southwest, and that's it. Otherwise, every other flight, including every other flight except the one per day on Southwest, and that time moves around. Like sometimes, you know, it can be a morning flight, an afternoon flight, an evening flight, coming or going from Southwest for that direct flight. So it's not like, oh, it's always at 2 p.m. or whatever. That flight changes around. But um, otherwise, you, you're you going to have a layover somewhere, which is extremely weird, I think. Uh, New Orleans is really, it's like a three, three and a half hour flight from Phoenix. And most of the time you have a layover. I don't understand it. It just seems like it would be easier to have more direct flights. But whatever, it doesn't exist at this time. Um, so I flew into LAX, um, which I know sounds counterintuitive because I was flying away from New Orleans. Um, but the reason I flew into LAX is because I wanted to fly American. I wanted to use my miles. I was treating myself and my sister-in-law on this vacation. So using my miles... I flew first class to New Orleans, especially because I was going to have a layover. So I knew I was going to have two flights. And first class is such a treat. It just, it really is. You get seated first. That part's not such a big deal. But the bigger seats are really enjoyable. The extra leg room is enjoyable. The service is amazing. And when you fly from LAX to New Orleans, you get a meal. And they serve you with a little tablecloth that fits over your tray and real plates and real silverware. And it's just really nice. It's just as nice as you can imagine. So we flew into LAX. And then if when you're flying from Phoenix to LAX, so that's only an hour. So they don't serve you a meal, but they bring around a basket of snacks. And, um, and we, we got some snacks actually to, to eat later. And then um, flew into LAX, had a, I think like a two-hour layover, and then got on the plane to go to New Orleans. So I look across the aisle, across the aisle and up one row, and I'm looking and looking, and I'm like, that guy looks familiar. I think I know who it is. I think it's a famous actor. Um, but I'm looking, and no one's responding to him. So I turned to my, doesn't seem like anyone else is looking at him. No one's talking to him. So I turned to my sister-in-law and I say, I think that's Casey Affleck sitting across the aisle from us. So Casey Affleck is the brother of Ben, and he's also an Oscar winner. He won Best Actor a few years ago for Manchester by the Sea. And he's been in um, Gone Baby Gone, which was directed by Ben Affleck, and a variety of other movies. And so she looks at him and she's like, I don't know, you know, we're kind of looking at his profile, like who knows. And so she pulls up some pictures on her phone and we, here was the thing about LAX. We had time on our hands because the plane wasn't taking off. They eventually let us know that 
a gauge was broken, a gauge that tells you if you are level and wasn't coming back on, and they reset the whole plane. They put in a new part, reset the whole plane. It never worked, so they took off us, took us off the plane and put us on another plane. That whole process was over three hours, so we had a lot of time to obsess on whether that was Casey Affleck. So um, kept looking, and she pulled up some pictures on her phone, and we're like, yeah, that totally is him. And so um, I got up to go to the bathroom and he had got up right in front of me. And so we were standing right in front of the bathroom door together while someone else was in there. And I said, hi, are you Casey? And he said, yeah. I go, hi, I'm Florence. And um, I said, nice to meet you and shook my hand. And he said, you go into the bathroom first. And I said, are you sure? And he was extremely polite to anyone the entire trip and he helped people with their luggage and no one knew who he was except for us and we didn't say anything except for that encounter I had with him in front of the bathroom because obviously we didn't want people to um, disturb him and start to ask for autographs when he was you know flying to um, wherever he was going we my sister-in-law looked it up and it, it said he was filming a movie, I think, in Alabama. So New Orleans probably would have been a good stopover. Maybe he was going to Mardi Gras. I'm not sure. So that made it super fun on the plane. Watch some movies on the plane and I'll give some reviews at the end of the episode. And we get to New Orleans and it is freezing. It is in the 30s. Icy, icy weather. And we check into the hotel and it, it took a while to get to the hotel. Not terrible. Like, you could get into the city pretty good. But then the streets were very crowded. And uh, starting to rain, of course. Um, even though there was not supposed to be any rain the, t the whole time we were there. And we get to the hotel and we check in. We stayed at the Renaissance on Common Street, which is right off Canal. And then when you cross Canal, you're in the French Quarter. So really down by everything. And we check into the hotel and a topless woman, I, not kidding, topless, <laughs> with just a blazer on, walked in and walked through the lobby. And the um, staff at the hotel said, we are so sorry. We don't know why she's walking through the lobby. And I said, oh, I just figured I'd see lots of that because it was Mardi Gras. It, that was probably the the craziest outfit, if I can call it an outfit, that I saw while I was there. So then we get up into the room and by now it's like eight o'clock. Like we literally traveled all day. And then you lose time when you go in that direction. Even though uh, as of last week it was only an hour difference and now it's a two hour difference starting today. So we're like, okay, why don't we get something to eat? And um, went to a restaurant around the corner called Daisy Dukes. There are many Daisy Dukes in New Orleans. They're breakfast places. They're open 24 hours. It's all day breakfast. And you can get um, amazing biscuits. They have really good biscuits there. And we got, we just split some biscuits and fried green tomatoes just to be able to eat something. Their fried green tomatoes were really good with a really good... Uh, Romelade sauce, I think it's called, a uh, kind of spicy sauce, and it was it was good. It was a good way to end the night before getting up for Mardi Gras. And of course, as we 
walked around the corner. It was icy rain. I didn't pack my umbrella because it wasn't supposed to rain. But all right, whatever. We did see a sign outside of Daisy Dukes. If you get there between 6 and 8 a.m. Monday through Friday, you can get a $2.99 breakfast. So we're like, we're putting that on our list. We're getting that $2.99 breakfast. So the next day is Mardi Gras and we get up early. I put on kind of a crazy outfit. I put on a long gown and a jacket and combat boots. I said I wanted to look like Courtney Love circa 1992. And it was freezing. It's still freezing. Like the high was going to be like 40 that day. So it's very cold. There's an icy wind. Our concierge says, it's the coldest Mardi Gras in 100 years. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) So um, we head to St. Charles Street for the parade. And there's a PJ's coffee on the corner. So we go in. And the wait for coffee was probably 40 minutes. It was like a line that snaked around PJs. And, um, but we were like, okay, we don't need to be out in that cold. And the, and a parade was starting. So we saw some floats, the taller floats kind of through the window and grabbed a croissant and ate it while we looked out. And then as we were walking out, we were like, hey, there's no more line here anymore. Like just our luck. We get in a long line and then, there is um, this no no line, but it wasn't because people weren't trying to come in. It turned out PJ's was closing early. Here's something we found out that I did not realize about Mardi Gras. That city closes down on Fat Tuesday. And I don't know if it's, I think it's a combination of a few different things. I think They want to give their workers the day off. Also, because there's so many people who are drinking and pretty rowdy, I don't think they want to put up with the possible clientele. We walked past a Starbucks that was completely closed for the day. Have you ever heard of a Starbucks just being closed? It was closed for Mardi Gras. All the stores were closed. Any store that you saw was closed for Mardi Gras. Um, so we tried to watch the parade on St. Charles and we wrapped around a canal and tried to watch and it was about five people deep. And like I said, freezing, there would just be these icy winds and the, it wasn't, this is what I said to my sister-in-law. I said, this sure isn't a Disney parade because if you've ever gone to Disney and they have like a parade and they last like 10 minutes and it's like just floats connected to each other. It runs like clockwork. The Mardi Gras parades do not run like that. So you might see a float, they stop, a, a little bit of music is playing from it, you know, someone's playing, there's a band on it, or the band stops in front of you, and then you sit for 10 or 15 minutes and nothing is in front of you, nothing's walking by. So it's just very scattered. Um, so after a while, we are like, this is just a not becoming fun. And I was still... Like I said, I was in a gown and um, I'm like, let's go back and change our clothes and then we'll go try to find something to eat. Let's try to get into the quarter because we were on the opposite side of canal from the quarter. So um, and then we thought, well, we also were like, well, how about later we go see a movie, movie theater closed, just everything closed. So we go and we change. I put on jeans and my plan is I'm going to walk down canal away from the parade 
and cross over into the quarter and get into it. So walking down canal, just throngs of people. And people will bring grills and just grill in the street (laughs) and set up um, folding chairs like in the street. And so you get by and like I said, everyone's really festive, tons of marijuana smoke, (laughs) Um, tons of just drinking in the street. And we're just walking, walking, walking like we're we're like we're going to walk through this. And we finally get to the end where canal is blocked off and we're able to cross over and we cross over and it's like where the French Quarter meets the Ninth Ward. And then we cross and we're in more of a, like a residential neighborhood. And I can see if we can like get, take our right, we can end up in the French Quarter. Except like once you got there, you couldn't take a right. There was like no getting through. It was more the party had moved down um, that street and you couldn't get through it. So we were landlocked by people. So finally, we just turned around and walked back to the hotel and had, um, so as we were walking back, we're like, we're going to find a place for lunch. Everything's closed, just completely closed. We're, We're just passing restaurant after restaurant that's black and dark and their lights are off. And so we get back and finally we're back at our hotel and there's our hotel and across the street, there's another restaurant. And we said, well, we have plenty of time to eat at the hotel restaurant. So why don't we go to um, the one across the street? So we walk in and he says, we're closing down forever. We're never opening up again. And we're like, okay, all right, bye. So we leave and we check in at the hotel restaurant. They're like, it's an hour and a half wait. We're like, fine. Um, We're going up to the room and they take your, you know, your number so they can text you. And I'm like, we can rest in the room. So we go upstairs. We're resting and relaxing. We get the call. We go back down to the hotel. It's called the Tackle Box. And we look across the restaurant that told us they were closing forever and it is still open and people are in there eating. And I'm like, this is bizarro world. Like just nothing is working out. We're just eventually we were like, all you can do is laugh. Like you can't even like get over just w- how weird it is. So we um we we check into the ho- into the restaurant um hotel or to the hotel restaurant. We sit down. We sit there for 30 minutes. Well, just waiter after waiter just passes us. And like they don't look up, they don't make eye contact. It's not a huge restaurant, by the way. And um, we were just kind of tired, or at least I was. So I just feel like I was like sitting and staring. And finally, my sister-in-law is like, I'm going to go tell someone. And so she went to the hostess station and they sent someone over. We finally got a meal. Um, so then after that, we were just like, there's nothing else to do. Let's go up to the room. So we were done with Mardi Gras by about four o'clock and just binged on movies and went to bed early. Um, so <laughs> here's my recommendation. Unless you're really, really clamoring to go to Mardi Gras, don't go. It, that day is not worth it. It, it is not as fun as you think it's going to be. Um, there's time before 
that you can go and experience, um, you know, random parades and music and all of that, uh, different festivals. So um, the next day, I, th- I sort of didn't know what to expect. My We talked to the concierge and we had booked a, a plantation tour for Thursday. And she had said, oh, the rest of this week is going to be really busy. Like people are staying in town after Mardi Gras. So we were thinking, oh, darn, like it's probably just going to be, you know, a mess like it was. But we get up the, um, the next day and um, got our uh, $2.99 breakfast. So that was enjoyable. Um, biscuit and eggs and grits for two ninety nine. Like, how can you beat it? One thing um, about New Orleans is they don't do honey on anything. Like, I love honey on biscuits, and they don't have honey. It's like they don't carry it. And uh, I've been to uh, Savannah, and I've been to Nashville, and they have biscuits, and they have honey, but... New Orleans, they just look at you like you're crazy when you ask for honey. Uh, so went back and uh, showered and got ready to spend a day seeing if we could get to the French Quarter and do some shopping. What an enjoyable day. It was perfect. We walked to Riverwalk, which is this large shopping outlet complex that goes along the river. It has a Cafe du Monde in there. And it ends with a very extensive food court that has some really good choices. We went to this Mediterranean place for like a quick snack where they had dolmas, which is the rice and the grape leaves, and they made them fresh while you waited. They weren't pre-made or refrigerated. They were warm and delicious, and they had a really good hummus and a really good salad. Just yummy. So we... um walked all the way through the mall, got to the end, and then um, took an Uber to Cafe Du Monde, the original one that's in the quarter on Decatur Street. We get there, and there is a line that is down the street, even for the to-go window. Here's a tip for Cafe Du Monde. If you get there and there is... um, a wait for seating, just go to the takeout window and it takes two seconds at the takeout window, except when there's a line that wraps around the corner. So I said, I'm not waiting in this line. So we started walking through the quarter. We went into the church at Jackson Square, which I always pop into when I'm there. It's extremely beautiful. And just wound our way back through the quarter. We ate at this restaurant called Country Flame. It's not a restaurant I think that you'll find in reg- one of the regular tourist guides. I y- usually go there every time I'm in New Orleans. It's Mexican and Cuban food. And because I'm vegetarian, um, they have something that I get that I enjoy a lot. They have um, plantain fajitas. And I always get the Maduros. Um, there's different ways that you can get the plantains and I do the Maduros because those are the sweet and the soft ones and it is delicious. It was just a really good meal. They have really good homemade chips, um, a very spicy salsa to eat with them. It's a good place to go. So we wound our way back, got to the hotel. We tried to see a movie when we were out, but it was 
It's before Captain Marvel comes out, and I've either seen everything else or didn't want to see it. So we went back to the hotel and um, and settled in because we knew we had the plantation tour the next day, and it was and it was early. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the tours. On one hand, it's nice because they get you where you're going, but at the same time, you're also kind of stuck on it. And if you have a tour guide that's not an enjoyable tour guide, it can not be great. We went on one called Cajun Encounters. It was recommended by the concierge. And when you do the plantation tour, you can do, if it's, I think there's a lot that do it this way. So there's two very famous plantations. One's called the Laura Plantation. So like the girl's name, Laura. And then the other one is called Oak, um, Oak Alley Plantation. Um, so we were asking, and, and here's a tip that I'll say, if you're going to do this one, because um, if you do both, it's like 90 bucks. If you do one, it's like 60 bucks. And obviously, if you're out on vacation, you're probably not going to care too much about the extra $30. Like that really wasn't the consideration that I had. But I didn't know how it went. Because when I talked to the concierge, I said, well, when you go out there, if you only do one, then what happens to you? And she was um, saying that if you do... If you just do the the one, then um, you're just stuck. Like, well, you're because the bus only goes out there once, so you're stuck out there waiting. So I said, well, I don't want to do that, so I'm gonna do both. Well, here was the thing we found out. So we did the Laura tour, and we had this great tour guide. It was this young guy who lives locally there, and he knew everything about this plantation and. Um, and all the history, and there wasn't a question people could stump them with. And it was just very, very interesting. And it was a uh, Creole plantation. So it was one of the plantations that doesn't look like one in Gone with the Wind. It looks more like a house that you might see on an island where it's built up on the big columns and like, you know, hovers over on, above the ground on the big columns. So that was very cool. And it was a family that owned it and it had this deep history. And um, but it's a guided tour and you can't go off on your own. So we did that. And then when we got to um, Oak Alley, we realized that if we just would have done Oak Alley, we could have just stayed at Oak Alley all day and not had the guided tour. So what Oak Alley has is they have a big house, and that's one that looks like the one with Gone in the Gone Gone with the Wind. Um, and then they have it is so hard to explain without being there. They have these oak trees that are massive. They look like characters in a horror movie. They are the biggest, thickest trunks you've ever seen. They grow over and their branches grow into the ground. And there's an alley of them. The reason why they call it Oak Alley is because there's trees on both sides. And then there's a pathway that you walk down. So I imagine that when it was a working plantation, that's how people used to drive up. But now they just have that as a walkway and you park in the back and then you, you know, you 
you walk through. So there's also a sit-down restaurant. There's also a bar. There's a gift shop. There um, is the big house where you can do a tour. And let me think what else. Um, oh, it's a sugarcane farm. So you can watch a video about sugarcane processing. There's a lot to do. And the grounds and the gardens are beautiful. So we figured out if we wouldn't have done the guided tour, we could have spent the whole day at Oak Alley and like had lunch. Like we weren't even able to have lunch. Like we grabbed a piece of cake, you know, because once we went to Oak Alley, they're like, okay, everybody's leaving in about an hour and 20 minutes. So run through and do everything really quick. So obviously you couldn't sit down and have a meal. So we grabbed a piece of cake and a coffee. And went back. So if we just would have done Oak Alley, we would have dropped everybody off at Laura for their tour, went to Oak Alley, and been able to spend the day. And we were like, that's the way to do it. Like, it would have been nice if that was explained a little bit better. But I'm not sorry the way I did it. At least I was able to do it, you know, um, see both and, and get to see what the two different types of plantations were like. Um. Oh, if you want to see Oak Alley, um, watch the Beyonce Deja Vu video. It's an older video. Her and Jay-Z look so young. It's probably from about 15 years ago. And she's dancing down the Oak Alley when you get to see all the oak trees. She looks beautiful. I looked it up because our tour bus driver said that she um, she did the video there. And so I had to see it. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I just take a take a step back to um, the day before when we went to um, the French Quarter. When we were walking, there was a movie production going on, and we said, "What's the show or movie?" And they said, "Queen of the South," which is one of my sister in law's favorite shows, if not her favorite. So it was filming inside of a bar. And we just walked by and like poked our heads in and there was the main character and my sister-in-law was, and I said, isn't that the lady from the show? Cause I had recognized her from entertainment weekly and she's like, Oh my God, Oh my God. And it was very cool. So that was kind of some excitement too. So after the plantation tour, we get back and we, um, we change and it took like a two-hour break. And then we headed over to, to Frenchman Street. It's a not closely guarded secret in New Orleans that if you want to have a more relaxing time that is not Bourbon Street, to go to Frenchman Street, which is just outside the quarter and a pretty quick Uber ride. There is a restaurant on Frenchman's called Dat Dog, D-A-T, Dog, and it's all hot dogs, including vegan hot dogs. And because I don't eat meat, the vegan hot dog was, is something I, I usually get when I'm, when I'm there. So we went to there, and it was very uncrowded. Like There was um, only a couple people in the restaurant, and there's an upstairs with the outdoor seating. And it was still pretty cold at this time, but... Um, I stood outside because I just wanted to stand outside on a, on one of the New Orleans balconies and just look over. 
and that was fun. And we got our, our hot dog and, and had, um, there's the world's greatest beer when you're there. And I'm not a beer drinker, but it's called, um, Abita Amber. And it's from New Orleans. You can buy bottles of it at BevMo, but it doesn't taste the same as when I'm when I'm there. So when I'm there, I try to get one draft of it, and it's very delicious. So we went to Frenchman's and just popped in and out of different places, would listen to music for 10 minutes, pop out, and went just down Frenchman's. And then we started, we're like, well, let's walk for a while, and... Um, I said, we could walk to Cafe Du Monde, you know, if you're if you're up to it, because it's not that far. So we started walking. Frenchman's runs into Decatur. Decatur runs into the French Quarter. So we started down Decatur, and about 10 or 15 minutes later, we're in front of Cafe Du Monde. Guess what? No lines wrapped around the corner. So we went into um, Cafe Du Monde and was able to get a seat with no weight. <laughs> like that is so amazing. And this is probably, I don't know, eight or nine o'clock at night. We had coffee and chicory and beignets and yum. And a tip for Cafe Du Monde, they only take cash. And but it is the cheapest thing in the world Two cafe au lait's and a plate of three beignets, I think is $9 total, like just doesn't cost anything. So went to Cafe Du Monde, and then we wound our way through the French Quarter back to the hotel and just stopped into, if if you're ever in the French Quarter, there's all sorts of shops. A lot of them are like touristy and weird, but then there can be some really cute boutiques. So if something looked interesting, we'd pop in. And um, I'm, I don't love um, pralines. <laughs> They're very sugary. But a little bite of them is good. Like that, to me, that's enough. I know like some people like love pralines, but it's just a little too much for me. There's a lot of places that are making them fresh where you can get just a bite and um, they're very good. So Wednesday and Thursday were just great nights. Of course, not Mardi Gras nights. So Mardi Gras is over and um, it just had a 1,000 time 1,000 better time than actual Mardi Gras. So Friday was the day we left. So we kind of just relaxed a little bit in the morning because we knew um, we had to check out of the hotel. I have a membership with the Marriott where I'm supposed to get late checkout, but they're like, no, we really can't accommodate you. Um, We can give you an extra hour and that's it. Well, that really wasn't going to help me. And I had to head to the airport airport about 4 or 4.30. So we took our time getting ready and and checked out maybe like 11 or 11.30 and then had the hotel hold our bags and then wanted to find a place for lunch. Uh, It's crazy, but there's restaurants everywhere and sometimes it's just so hard to, (coughs) excuse me, figure out where to eat. Um, Literally restaurants everywhere. And, and you just don't know, like, what, you know, you want to try I have, like, the best meal you can. And I knew um, my my sister-in-law loves celebrity chefs. And I, I know there's some Emerald restaurants down there. Or at that time, I thought just one. So I just Googled, you know, Emerald Restaurant New Orleans. And one restaurant came up. I looked at the menu. It was, like, 100% meat, like, no vegetarian dishes. 
And I thought, well, I can't go there. And when we walked down to the lobby, um, we talked to the manager of the hotel for a minute. And he said, what are you guys doing? I said, well, we're trying to find a place to have lunch. And he said, "Um, there's a restaurant called Merrill's, which is an Emerald restaurant. And it's not too far from here. So we looked it up and we got the address and we headed towards it. And it was in an area of town that is generally referred to as the art district. It's kind of by the convention center. It's an area where I think it gets forgotten about because it's not like the flashy touristy side. But you'll see a lot of people in business suits because it's basically like butts up to the business district as well. And it's just so quiet and nice. And that's where Merrill's was. So we stopped in and we had um, this really, really great meal. This amazing, and I'll be like, (laughs) when I say these words, you're probably going to be like, that doesn't sound good. An amazing Brussels sprouts and sweet potato salad. Um, It had grapes in it. It had this dressing that was like the tiniest bit spicy, but good spicy. And um, we split a pasta, which was amazing. It had this great pesto sauce on it. And um, we split a side of roasted carrots. I'll admit the carrots were so-so compared to the other food that we had, but fine. Um, So just had this really nice meal. And then we look at a dessert menu, and nothing on it looked appealing to me. And I remembered at the first Emeralds... um, they had a banana cream pie, and I love banana cream pie. And I thought, oh, darn, I wish they would have had banana cream pie here because that really would have been like a special dessert, at least for me. So my sister, uh, I, I ran to the bathroom um, before we left, and I come back, and my sister-in-law says, I have a surprise for you. We're going to go to the regular Emerald's restaurant, which is just right across the street, basically, and um, have some banana cream pie and I always said oh that sounds so fun you know so we walk there it only took like three minutes we sit down and we say we're just there for dessert the main emeralds restaurant is fine dining like really fine dining where um you have all the silverware on the table and then if you say hey I'm just staying for dessert like they they take it all off and they give you a silverware setup. Um, if you order coffee, it comes in a French press. We had a banana cream pie. It had this thick graham cracker crust. And then I thought, well, now I've seen this. Obviously, um, and, and we even asked the, the host about it. We said, if we had vegetarian restrictions, you know, can you guys do anything with that? And they're like, oh, yeah, well, there's a million things we can do with that. We can put sides together. We can put a pasta together. Like, we can do things for you. Um, and it seemed apparent because it was like a real kitchen. This wasn't like, I don't know what, you know, <laughs> not something where they wouldn't be willing to accommodate you. It was clear they'd be willing to accommodate you. It was very, very fine dining. So it was nice to see and get a comparison of, of both restaurants. Um, that was super fun. So then we start walking back and um, we stopped at a one thing about New Orleans, you also get it in uh, San Francisco as well. I'm trying to think where else. Those places seem like they have these quite a bit, like kind of the walk-in reflexology foot massage places. Um, 
Savannah, Georgia, I didn't really see him a lot. New York, I felt like they were not around, and I really could have used it the last time I was in New York. Um, they're around Phoenix, but obviously Phoenix is in a walking town, so you have to drive to them. So we went into one of those places, and um, when we were shopping on Wednesday at Riverwalk, we did a place that had you know, the chair massages. Here's a tip for, for any of those, um, where you kind of walk in and do a massage. They will always try to upsell you and actually be kind of pushy about it. So if you're thinking you want to get, um, maybe a half hour massage or a 40 minute massage, say you want to get a 20 minute massage because they will say, oh, do a half hour, do 40 minutes. And then you can say, okay, I will. And if you really only want the 20 minutes, stick to your guns um, because they are very, very pushy about the the upsell. Um, but those places to me are lifesavers. After a ton of walking, like on Wednesday we figured out we walked like 19,000 steps. It was like a Disneyland day, like a crazy amount of walking. Um, all right. So after the massage, basically we went and grabbed our luggage and headed to the airport. We flew Southwest back so we could do the direct flight and also just to take a quick flight, um, a cheap flight back. I said to my sister-in-law, we're flying in luxury and we're flying home in shame. And when we checked into Southwest, because if you've flown Southwest, you know, you have to check in 24 hours before so you can get your um, seating priority because they don't have assigned seats. So we had checked in like 24 hours exactly. And we were in the A seating range. And I said, oh, I bet you anything, it's not going to be a crowded flight. Um, I said, usually on Friday nights, because I've flown out, I've gone to so many conferences there that I've flown out on Friday night. And the flight is emptier. And um, you can usually get a whole row or the middle seat is empty. And it's just super um, enjoyable. It's so like just saying, you know, the little things that matter, like that's one of the little things is not having somebody in the middle seat. So um, when we were starting to board the plane, I noticed that there was just a ton of people in the waiting area and the um, person came on the on the speaker and they said, um, the, this is going to be a full flight, a completely full flight. <laughs> Darn, shoot. Because we were hoping, you know, a whole row, be able to lay down, or at least if no one was in the middle seat, we could spread out. I was hoping to get some work done. I had my laptop. I was trying to work on a brief. Um, but they said it would be a full flight. And it was. Um, we ended up um, taking a middle seat and an aisle seat. And I just realized all I can do really is just watch movies or watch a TV show because there's no trying to, you know, bring out my laptop, bring out my papers, like forget it. Um, and then we flew home. We got home. The plane landed late by about 30 minutes and we finally got home and here I am on Sunday. 
I want to talk about the work side of it a little bit. And I'm sorry, this podcast is a little bit longer than my usual podcast. I've been about a half an hour, but the New Orleans story was actually a little bit longer. Um, I can't get away without working. Uh, my associate was in the office, you know, taking care of everything, and she did an amazing job. But questions come up. And there were many times that she needed to text me. Um, I was trying to keep up on my emails to a certain extent. And I would spend probably an hour each day doing emails, at least. And then I also read some documents. And I started working on a brief. So I can't get away from it. And I, I, I know I've been talking about this for a long time. It's like, how do you get away on vacation? I still don't know. I, I don't know how to do it. And then yesterday, um, because of all the emails and um, requests from my associate, I knew that I had to go in on Saturday. Plus, Monday starts my nonstop court. I was supposed to have Monday morning free. Um, and that went away. So I'm Monday morning downtown, and then a trial Monday afternoon. And it looks like that Tuesday too, and, and so on and so on. So I thought I'm going to go in on Saturday. And I got there early, I just put my hair in a bun, no makeup, and figured I'm just going to be here for a couple hours, go through the mail. Six hours later, it took me six hours to clean up emails that I had already been answering, go through the mail, go through work that had been drafted during the week, organize my telephone messages. I returned a few calls because it was just so overwhelming. I thought it's going to take me days to get through these phone messages. So at least let me try to call ones where it seems like I could maybe call on a Saturday and it won't be too weird. <laughs> and, and that was fine. People were actually very thankful to hear from me. Um, th 3 p.m. I'm, I'm walking out of there like could not believe it could not believe it I'm not even I'm not even done like not even close to being done so before I left I worked both Saturday and Sunday it was yesterday I worked a full day tomorrow today Sunday I will work several hours and then a whole week of you know back for, to the weekday so I'm just thinking, is it worth it to try to get away? But you have to, you have to, like, what am I supposed to do? Never go anywhere again and just um, sit around and answer emails 24 seven. Like you have to have a life. Um, I'm going to close the show regarding Mardi Gras, but I'm just going to quickly give a couple of recommendations that I have for some streaming and some professional tips. There is um, a podcaster called Jordan Harbinger, H-A-R-B-I-N-G-E-R. And he comes on um, Adam Carolla's show about once a week. And I always find his tips really helpful. And, and that's what his podcast is about, is like business tips and time management tips. And he said something that and I was listening to Adam's podcast today this morning when I went for an early morning walk. And he said something that gave me a little bit of motivation. 
And he said that your responsiveness to email shows your dedication to your job. So when you are responsive to emails, you get back to people, it's an indicator of how important your job is and how well you do your job. So he's not saying, and he made this clear, he's not saying you sit there 24 hours a day with your laptop just continually responding to emails. But he said, do it in a focused way. So don't respond to emails when you're standing in line at Starbucks. I've known, I have said this before, is that I don't have my work email on my phone because it would just continually go off. There's hundreds of emails today. I have a Hotmail account on my phone that I use for, you know, shopping and things like that. Um, But and because I get so many work emails, it like doesn't make sense to have everything on one email. So those go to my phone and those I can kind of do mindlessly because I'm just deleting coupons or whatever. Um, But my work ones, I'm going to answer mindfully. And he had a tip where he said, he says, you don't have to answer them, you know, just all the time, like 24 hours a day. But if you have a dedicated time in the morning and you have a dedicated time in the afternoon and and you get back to people, that's an indicator of how you think about your job. And I thought, even though there were some things about my trip where it was a little bit of a bummer, where I had to concentrate on work more than I thought I would have to because I had done all this prep before I left, I realized that's how it is sometimes. And um, and also, I got back to people and it didn't kill me. And now here I am. And I now I just got to motor through the rest of the week. I just wanted to do a little goodbye to Luke Perry. He died this week. And I was just so sad. I had the biggest crush on him for 30 years. Um, I, well, I guess maybe not that long, thinking how old my daughter is. Uh, I guess close to 30 because she's going to be 26 this year. I um, watched 90210 the night that I was in labor with her. I watched it years before. I remember when 902 first came out, I just scoffed at it. I thought, oh, I'm not going to watch this. It sounds so stupid. And then I started watching it, and I was hooked. And one of the reasons why I was hooked was I loved Luke Perry. Just handsome, um, loved his character, Dylan. And when Riverdale came out and he came out uh, playing the role of Archie's dad, I thought, what, what a welcome return, because I always liked Luke Perry. I was kind of rooted for him. Um, so he, he just suddenly died of a mash of stroke, like 52 years old. So it's one of those things where I say, where I say, enjoy your family, enjoy your loved ones, make sure you do things that are fun because you just never know. Sorry about the little bit of sadness, but I'd, I'd been thinking about him all way last week. I, I heard that he had died when I was, um, in LA waiting for the plane and um, just was bummed out. Okay, so for some streaming ideas, um, on the way home from New Orleans, I had downloaded some shows on Netflix. If you've never done it before, 
all you do is go to Netflix and you can download the shows so you can watch them without Wi-Fi. It's great for a plane trip. I downloaded, I'd been hearing about the show, but it's just one of those things like how can you add a new show to everything else that's out there plus your life. And it's called Good Girls and it's with Christine Hendricks and Retta and I can't remember the name of the other woman. Um, I Not someone that um, was recognizable to me, but she's really good on the show. She plays the third woman. And it's these three women who get together and they're all having some sort of money problems for various reasons, like understandable money problems, and they decide to rob a grocery store. And then things get very wild after that. And there's lots of twists and turns. And it was different than I thought. I thought it was just going to be like them doing maybe heist after heist. Like I wasn't sure what to expect. But it's rolled into kind of different stories. In a way, it reminds me of Breaking Bad, um, where it's someone good um, gets into some trouble and then they start doing bad things. Kind of like that. It's I don't know, a dramedy? Like there's drama and there's comedy. It's a little bit of a farce. Like some stuff is a little bit um, out there. But it's enjoyable. Christina Hendricks' um, husband is played by Matthew Lillard. And if you remember him, he was in Scream and he was in Shag- he was Shaggy in the Scooby-Doo movies. And I was just looking at him. He still looks great. I mean, he's a young man. I don't know how old he is. I'm guessing probably late 40s, maybe 50. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's been a long time since Scream Scream," because he was, you know, a young guy in that movie. Time flies. Time flies when you're having fun. I watched a couple movies on the way to um, New Orleans the American Airlines plays a lot of newer movies. So I have a couple referrals there. I saw Green Book, um, which was very enjoyable. It's such a sweet movie. Um, Both my sister-in-law and I watched it and we said the same exact thing. Like, what a sweet movie. Like, just a loving friendship between these two guys. And then at the end, it showed the pictures of the real men And it was just nice. Gives you hope. I also watched Bad Times at the El Royale. It's sort of like a Pulp Fiction movie. It came out in the fall. It was in the movie theaters really quick and like out just as quickly before I got a chance to see it. But it was something I wanted to see because it's my kind of movie. I like movies like Pulp Fiction. I like kind of crime movies. I like movies that uh, do twists and turns with the timeline. And um, Chris Hemsworth is in it, not a whole lot in it, but he pops up in his very, uh, I don't know, very scary in a way, Uh, like one of those people that can smile and stab you in the back, like that's what his character was. And he never ceases to amaze me. I mean, he's gorgeous, obviously. But then you'll see him like in a movie like this and you'll be like, God, this guy has range. Like he's just not Thor. Um, Even when he was in Ghostbusters as the um, dim-witted receptionist, I'm like, he's really funny. I like really, really like him. All right. And then I started watching Can You Ever Forgive Me? And I have to finish this movie. It 
was so much more interesting than you might think it would be. It's the movie with Melissa McCarthy where she plays an author, I believe it's based on a true story, who starts writing fake letters by famous people and then selling them. And she is very good, like unrecognizable because Melissa McCarthy is so pretty. And then she's just a very like frumpy and has this crazy wig on, which I mean, is supposed to be her hair in the movie, but doesn't um, look like her. But it's kind of funny, like funnier than you might think. I can't explain it. And I've only seen a half of it so far and got to catch the rest. So at some point, I'll tell you if I ended up liking the whole thing, but an hour into it, I like it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Sorry about the longer podcast. I'm going to sign off now. Enjoy your week, and I'll be back next week with more time management tips and tips to help you through your busy week.